Hi, hello, and welcome to New Hope Lockheed's podcast. I'm your host, Christine Palmer, and today I'm joined by special guest, returning guest, our first returning guest, Teresa Haig. And before we get into this interview, I'd like you to send through your prayer requests. If you can find us on social media, at New Hope Lockyer, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or send us an email, newhopelockyer at gmail.com, and we will pray with you at the end of every Wednesday podcast. Um, so we're going to get into this podcast. I've got some great questions lined up for Teresa. Thanks for sending your questions in. If you'd like to do so, find us on social media as well. Mm. How are you doing, Teresa? Not bad, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, it's been an interesting day. Oh. It's been a good day, though. <laughs> it's That's good to good. have interesting, not boring. Yes. Hmm. Um, my first question for the day, nice fun question. Hmm. What is your go-to order at your favourite hometown restaurant? Hmm. Um, I've probably got two, so not just one. Uh, we have a really good Indian restaurant in town that uh, John and I like to go to and I like to choose either butter chicken or uh, tikka masala That's mm. I love Indian because yeah. I'm gluten intolerant and I can just walk in and pretty much eat whatever except for naan so, but love the lassies and all that but then I also like to go to this is probably my indulgent side so no haters thank you and no judgement <laughs> from people listening but it's to go to Hannett's and have hot chips and a vanilla thick shake. Their hot chips are very good. They are. They are very, very good. good. <laughs> I haven't tried the milkshake there yet, actually. Oh. So. Well, it's a thick shake. The thick oh, shake is def- definitely thick. Yeah. Not as thin as some, thick. And um, apparently the meals are real. Like I've seen the meals and they're very generous and really tasty. So. Yeah. Mm. No, it's a good spot in town if you haven't been already it's always good to support your local businesses because absolutely want, we want people to stick around and also and to well. yeah well the other thing is if we support local businesses uh our young people have got jobs yep that's sure. the other thing and then they in turn spend money in the town so it has a runoff effect it's we really do need to support our local businesses definitely um What's your favourite family tradition? Mm. Well, if anyone that knows me well knows that it would have to be something to do with Christmas. Yes. I'm a Christmas holic. And it's about 108 days, I think, to Christmas now. <laughs> Just about <laughs> to ask you what the countdown was at. <laughs> I'm going to post it up when it's 100 days to Christmas. <laughs> I, I really love Christmas for a lot of reasons. Um, one just being is that um, it's a time when a lot of people are really happy, really, really happy. And I just think it's just amazing that God decided to come down to earth in the form of a human. And I love that word, Emmanuel, God with us. I think that's pretty special. Anyway, favourite thing, apart from Christmas itself would be our Christmas Eve. Uh, We have like a roast and Christmas ice cream. It's a special ice cream recipe from my mother-in-law and um, all our kids and their families get together and sometimes we'll play like a game with corny prize and and, um, opening presents all together. So that's lots of fun and mayhem. Um, Enter the recycling box that you need quite a few of to 
for all the paper and everything. Um, but then the other thing I do really like to watch is the Sydney Meyer Music Bowl um, Christmas yes. Eve. Um, yeah, carols. I really love that. I just think it's beautiful. And if I can watch some of it, that's great. When the kids were really little, I used to wrap presents and watch it because they were in bed. Now that they're older, they're not in bed. <laughs> It's just sitting around being noisy. But that is my best time is Christmas Eve with our family. It's beautiful. My my parents went back to Zim and um, yep. so us girls were in the backyard having prawns. Oh. <laughs> in the backyard. I don't like yeah. prawns. So I was having the mango. Yeah. Um well Skype was on and um they were Skyping us from Zim and That's we were having cool. Christmas dinner <laughs> or lunch but isn't together. That, like seriously Years ago, when our older two were little, my parents were missionaries in Fiji and we would spend maybe 10 minutes on the phone and it cost us $45. So I just think it's incredible the technology that we have now that can keep our families together. One of the things that we do is we have a family chat um, on Messenger and it just keeps everyone all in the loop and it's really... um, brought some cohesion to our family once everybody's moved away and doing their own thing but every oh there's lots of banter there's lots of photos like this afternoon Giselle put up a little video of her baby shepherd and he was just cracking up laughing when she was throwing balls for the dogs and so everybody got to see that so they were included and I I just think there's really great things uh, that are a part of technology and we shouldn't shun them should embrace the good in it no, definitely. And one of the really good things about um, media and technology now is that we can now resource so many different mm. people from around the world. Absolutely. And so it, that leads me to my next question is, which leader has had the greatest impact on you? Mm. I had to think about this one. Um, thank you for giving me the questions earlier, which means that I could think on that and not think on my feet. Um, but there was actually two women that really have uh, made an impression and a legacy in my life. And the first one would be Donna Crouch. And she's part of Hillsong Church. And when I knew her, I was the receptionist there. And so I was, would have been 17, 17 or 18. And uh, she was the assistant youth leader and just how she lived her life and the words that she had and um, that she spoke with people, her interactions, her dedication um, in her work, but also in her love and compassion for people really made an impact. And the other one would be Deborah Van Benekom. Yeah, she's the regional leader for the Brids West and um, I've worked with her on a committee for the women and... um, she really made a lasting impact as to her passion as well, again, and her strength and her vision um, to see people released into ministry and not just women but people. And uh, she's a really great role model. I think if anyone can, um, if they're aspiring to leadership or they feel the call of God on their lives, definitely search out people. You know, search out people that you are inspired by or you see something in them that you go I want that Um, search them out ring them up one time years ago John and I rang up a pastor that he really admired and really wanted to know more we rang him up and we actually I can't remember whether we flew up or whether we drove up to spend time with him and we shouted him a meal and we just 
picked his brains and talked and listened and and um, those times are really worth it. It's called investing in yourself. Yeah, it's it's very important, um, and it's important to hear faith stories as well. Mm. Yeah, and that's something that I definitely gained from listening to Deb for uh, the second year now, actually. Yeah, and um, just to hear one the longevity of putting in the time. Um, into ministry, but also seeing the fruit mm. from different promises and prophecies and that sort of thing to be able to look down the line and be like, okay, we're in this. It's okay. If it hasn't happened yet, God's still working on it. Mm. And you just need those moments of just take a deep breath. It's okay. God's Absolutely. got it in hand. Mm. Absolutely. And, um, so it's special to, to hear from people who've been doing it for a hot minute. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that's good. What have been some of the the miracles or healings that you've seen that have left an impact on you? Mm. Probably um, one uh, gentleman in our church down in Maui in Victoria, he was in a wheelchair and we'd had some speakers come and they'd prayed for him and nothing really happened. Um, And in the middle of the night, he felt like he was on fire mm. and he crawled to the toilet and then when he was at the toilet I think he realized he could actually stand up and walk and he walked back like it was just nobody was there it was just him and God and um, John saw him the next day because he'd heard and he <laughs> where he saw him was near cold so he got him to have a, a shopping trolley and push the shopping trolley up and down the street and um, yeah it was just the church was just a buzz and really showed you the power of God. Yeah, he was he was amazing <clears throat> to that's, see that. That's really special. Yeah, yeah. And years ago uh, when I was back at Hills Christian Life Centre, there was a young girl um, about my age and she was on crutches. Now, I can't remember why she was – it was something to do with her back. She had a lot of back problems and um, and she was healed and didn't need crutches, could walk normally, could do – She I remember her doing cartwheels and to see her from what she was to what she became from mm. being healed was just incredible again a lot of partying was had <laughs> and cheering and yeah, yeah. makes you realise that it's it's not just um, us on this little planet. God's God's got it. Yeah, he's all he's got it all sorted. And then there was another one when we we're in Fiji on a missions trip. We went and prayed um, for one lady, and we didn't really see any um, breakthrough for a number of different reasons. That's a story for another day. But then we went down the road into this hut. It was just nothing in the hut, really. She just sat there and she sort of communicated in in her own way, um, pointing to a heart and that was the problem with the heart and her breathing and stuff like that. So we prayed for her and she knew. You could tell by the look on her face and how she was talking in Fiji, and which we didn't know, uh, that she had um, that she was healed and you could see it on her face. She was glowing. So, yeah. So it was interesting because there was no words, but yeah. you could tell by their reaction that, that there was a definite difference and a different, definite change in her. Yeah. No, that's special. And it reminds me of a story actually of um, when we were in Nepal 
um, we were praying for a lady and she came in and she was completely bent over, oh, wow. 90 degrees bent over. And um, we prayed for her and prayed for her. And every time someone prayed for her, she came up. Mm-hmm, that's cool. She came up. She came up. And Beautiful. she was almost walking straight when she walked out. Wow. And one of the ladies who came in after her asked the translator that we were walk, working with who that was because she'd never seen her face before. Wow. Oh, isn't God beautiful? It was like, just, just, it was, you know, one of those moments wow. where you're like, okay, <laughs> trying to yeah. hold the tears back a bit. Yeah. But that's like, his heart, isn't yeah. it? It's just to release people and to set them free from, nah. Yeah. And I mean, that's a, it's what I love seeing probably, you know, more so than healings. I love seeing healings. But I love seeing people restored to their community where they were once left out of it because they, there was something wrong with them. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. They were either, you know. And I think that's something that caught that reading through Jesus' miracles was so many of them had been outcasts mm. of their community because they were sick, because they were lepers or because they had the issue of blood or because they had crippled hands and Mm. then became beggars and outcasts of the city. And to see them healed meant they were restored to their families and their community. Well, it meant a lot because it meant that they could also get a job. Yeah. They could support their family. You know, it really restored their... I'm trying to think of the right word, but it's their standing mm. in the community yeah. and, and uh, what they could do, what they were able to do, which is pretty cool. And that they could also contribute, that they weren't always asking, but they could suddenly give. Well, even the demoniac, mm. um, you know, when they saw him after Jesus had cast the demons out and um, the all these people came and they saw him sitting in his right mind, eating sitting on, you know, joining in with everybody else. And, I mean, that would have been like, they would have been gobsmacked. Yeah. Like, who is this person? What has happened? And they, it said that they were terrified as well, you know, with what happened. So it, sometimes it's, sometimes <laughs> miracles. John said he realised when he went to um, Pakistan, he said miracles are messy, Mm. And they are, you know, sometimes we think that miracles should be this amazing thing and once it's done, everything should be hunky-dory. But it's not because he saw a young boy, um, young child healed of deafness and the child woke up the next morning and heard noises and started crying. And then when he heard himself crying, he started crying even more because he'd never heard any of those sounds. So there's a... Res- um, there's a result from the healing. Yes, there's healing, but then there's a whole adjustment for um, new things. And I think there's got to be that openness of, okay, I've got to learn a whole language now. And his parents had to teach him that. And yeah, yeah. it's interesting, isn't it? It is. It's interesting. Um, leads me to my next question, which is, what do you love about community slash friendship? I was thinking about it. It's actually something that reflects who God is Mm. because he's in relationship with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit and um, they're constantly in friendship in you know for a Christian word if you want to use it would be they're in communion with with one another they're in fellowship but they're really 
deep friends mm. and uh, they work together and they also work separate from one another as well. And I think with community, it draws on everybody's strengths and makes each other stronger than what they would be if they were on their own. Mm. And um, and that's sometimes I think why uh, if we deny the Trinity, we're denying some power that's in the Trinity um, because of their union and because of their completeness in the three of them. Um, so that's why we really need to acknowledge the Holy Spirit. He's um, he's pretty amazing. I was um, reflecting, you know, today we, we're currently in a situation where we need our community and different members of our mm. community. We're in a, a time uh, of natural disaster and um, you need your neighbours and you need your fireys and you know, um, everyone plays such an important part. But as far as what I love about it is I get to see a different angle of God in different people. It's interesting because I actually wrote down here <laughs> the kaleidoscope yeah. of knowledge, skills, wisdom and personalities It what is what makes community and friendships. There is good and interesting in everyone and our job is to cheer that on and to highlight those good characteristics so they'll be aware of them. So that's why it's good for us at the moment with our, the fires that are happening is really, really honouring our fireys. You know, it's not something that, you know, if we want to have a go at them, maybe we should be the ones that go out and do that, the same thing. So if we don't want to go out, then we honour them yeah, and we make sure that we thank them for what they're doing. And um, something that I did, um, okay, it was a while ago, a number of uh, years ago, and I really felt strongly that Australians actually don't honour their uh, soldiers mm. and and things like that like the Americans do. And I thought it's really important, you know, they've paid a huge price with their families. And there was a young mum with a couple of her children and she was at a uh, wedding and I found out that her husband was in Iraq overseas and I went over and I just thanked her I said thank you for doing what you're doing and for helping our country and she had tears in her eyes you know and just to have somebody just say something simple it was simple for me and easy for me to say that um, but I meant it and it really was um, made a real difference for her I'm, I'm pretty sure by her reaction so I think um community we need we can't do without it yeah and friendships we need can't do without them you know I have a friendship that's very strong with someone and honestly that's really helped me get through a lot of days Mm. um so I think if you if you don't have a good friend or a couple of good friends search out people again and make the effort the bible says that he who shows himself to be friendly has friends basically that's Teresa's version but <laughs> yeah you know what I mean yeah I do got to show yourself friendly to yeah. be to have friends so no. yeah it's important and um as someone actually challenged me the other day of you know why do I go to church Mm. I said, well, one of the reasons is because I need community and I need to be able to see the different perspectives and angles and creations of God because that way I appreciate him more Mm. 
and can praise him more when mm. I'm in unity. And there's something so special about being in unity and worshipping God because there's power in it because so many different lives have led to that exact moment and for people to be in that moment you don't know their history necessarily and sometimes you do because mm. you've heard their mm. testimony and just to be in awe of wow I'm standing next to you know Terry <laughs> but yeah. you'll hear his story on Sunday but mm. um and all the things throughout his life that brought him into that moment to be there at church were incredible, incredible God moments that happened. And I I get to sit there and appreciate it and be in awe of God and how his hand works in such a beautiful way. Absolutely. And also too, it, it, you said it exposes us um, to other people and their, their worldviews and, and their – I'm sort of putting words in your mouth a little no, bit, right. but um, – the way I see it is that if we only deal with ourselves and our own kind, we're looking at, I'm looking at a green wall here. That's all you're looking at. But if you're in a community where there's a number of different people, you're actually again back to that kaleidoscope where you're seeing different colours and different points of view and uh, different stories that you can garner from and learn from and go, oh, they they actually and take inspiration from like mm. they actually got through that if they can do that I can do that or I'm going to go and have a chat with them because they know how to do we had someone in this morning that helped us put in a an air conditioner John's handy but he needed help and communities like that when you need a hand with something whether it be anything mm. you've got there's a there's a whole buffet of people yeah no, to be yeah. able to help you, um, and and it's never boring. Yeah, and and the important bit for me is that when you're in church and in community, is that at no stage can I ever put God in a box mm. if I'm listening. Mm. If I'm listening to people's stories and testimonies, I cannot put God in a box because what He's done for somebody else, I might not have experienced in my life. Yeah, yet. yeah. And so for me to box Him and you say, "Oh, this is who God is," and I know exactly, blows it out as soon as you <laughs> you're around other people. And on another point of that is, who are we to say what God looks like and what He? does and what he says because we are human and he's God himself like anyone that says that they've got anything of that market cornered Mm. is really (laughs) deluding themselves and he I think that's part of the opportunity of being in community is it's like you're saying it stretches who we think God is and how he works and what he does you know you hear some things and you think I've never heard of God doing that but you know, the fruit sounds mm. pretty good. So mm. that sounds like that could have been God. So yeah. I will just file that one away and go, hmm, don't understand it, but there you go. No, there's been a few of those. So what's been pulling on your heartstrings at the moment? Um, I had to think about this one and I thought there's nothing at the moment per se but this one is probably a, a frequent thing that really um, gets me, and it's people suffering. Mm. 
whether it be physical, emotional or mental. And just when I see people suffering, you know, like um, in some of the jobs I've had, I see a lot of people come in and they're either very sick or they can't see really well or and my new job, you come in and you see some people hobbling and they were um, just spoke um, helped a gentleman the other day. He had chemo and he couldn't feel certain parts on his feet and his hands and all sorts of stuff and another guy with polio and you think oh wow and I think to I often pray for them absolutely even when I see someone walking down the street and they're bent over a little bit like that lady you're talking about in Nepal I pray for them and just go god there's just so much of that around we just need you to come and have your way and to heal people and set them free and and um yeah it's sort of something that stirs me up a bit yeah Hmm. definitely what do I want to see when I get to heaven even though the last podcast I said something this one is I want to see the gemstones Mm -hmm. the precious stones and the gold because I've done some silversmithing in the past and um I'm intrigued to see what all these gems look like and there's a um a story in the Old Testament about a guy called Belzeal mm-hmm. and he was a craftsman that was a goldsmith and a and that and he made the the vest for the temple and it was full of all these gemstones. And you think if God has seen fit to do that down on earth, what is it gonna be like up there? Mm. So that's something I do want to see when I get to heaven. Yeah. All the pretty sparklies, bling blings. <laughs> I'm a girl. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I'm fascinated by the look of some gemstones, like the lapis lazuli mm. and other ones like that, uh, moonstones. They're pretty cool. So what I want to see before I get to heaven, I'd love to see a city or a town that is turned around by the love of God mm. and people turned around by the love of God. Love is actually very powerful. And some sometimes people say, oh, we just need the fire of God or the things turned upside down. But I honestly believe that kindness and and love are more powerful than what people give them credit, give it credit for. And I would love to see, yeah, a town just totally um, changed in a beautiful way by love and how they look after one another and how they love one another and how they care for one another and their focus not just being on themselves but on other people. I think that's pretty radical actually because it's the antithesis of what the world says and its mantra and it's also um, the antithesis of what the devil would like us to do. I I honestly believe that self-centeredness is antichrist like it is anti-God because God is love. So, yeah. In the lot, in the, in with what we're saying there, um, I'd recommend that if anyone's got Netflix, you watch The Kindness Diaries. Mm. Now, this guy's not a Christian, but he has um, his his filter or agenda or whatever it may be. His um, is to travel from Alaska down to the tip of uh, Argentina. I think it is. Yeah. And um, purely on the kindness of strangers. So he has no food, no other clothes. He's got a car, but he needs to get money for fuel. And it's amazing to see 
who helps him and how they help him. And um, it just really that excited me, that series. Oh, my goodness, just to see what kindness, how it changes people and the um, stories that he came across. So go and watch it. Mm. I heartily recommend it. Yeah, that's a good one. So we're going to pray now. Mm. And um, if you'd like to send us a prayer request for next week or next Wednesday, Find us on social media at New Hope Lockyer on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or send us an email, newhopelockyer at gmail.com. Um, the first one we're going to pray for is a friend of ours has tonsillitis. Hmm. Hmm. So, yep. Heavenly Father, thank you for your healing right now over hmm. these tonsils and for complete restoration over her body, for strength hmm. to be restored, yeah. and for all of that nasty bacteria and virus to disappear out of her body in Jesus' name. Um, I've got one here that um, one of our local high schools is needing a chaplain. They've been without a chaplain for quite a while. So if, uh, we can pray for that. Um, Lord, I just thank you that there are opportunities still for chaplains to be in high schools, but we need somebody to be in this position that's vacant right now. We ask, Lord, that you will, whoever is meant to be in that position, that you'll pluck them from where they are and plant them into that local high school, Lord. Whether they need to move towns, cities, or whether they need to just move next door, whoever it is, Lord, I pray that you will guide them and lead them and help the people that are uh, interviewing and searching. Give them great wisdom, Lord. Amen. Um, next one is for finances. <clears throat> um, we might give this a bit of background before you pray about it. Our New Hope Lockyer is currently in the process of um, claiming some land for the kingdom of God and um, we need some money to finish the process we've got a building but we need some land and God's got it in hand so Heavenly Father thank you that you are the ultimate provider Lord and I thank you that you know the number that we need and that yeah. you've got it in hand Lord that this has been your project from the beginning Absolutely. and we believe you will see it to, to completion mm. in your name Lord mm. one of the ones that I've got here is work for two people so, Lord, I just thank you that um, that your word says that you bless the work of our hands. And I pray, Lord, that these two people, they're wanting to have work that you can bless. And we just ask, Lord, that you'll open the doors um, that you have um, directed for them to, to go to get work. And just thank you that we're going to be able to join in the party when mm. they say they've got a job. Thank you, Lord. Amen. <clears throat> My last one here is for rain. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> and I saw a post on social media where it says, Dear Jesus, and then scribbled up words, and then it says, Amen. And sometimes we can feel like that. We genuinely don't know what to pray anymore because we've been praying the same thing for so long. Mm. But Heavenly Father, we need rain, and we need it now, Lord. We're in a desperate, desperate situation, Lord, and we call upon your 
magnificence, Lord, to rain down on this country, Lord Jesus, mm. and restore this land and heal this land. Let it be green again, Lord Jesus. Mm. Let it be nourished again and help us put out those fires instantly mm. in your name, Jesus. Mm. Last one I've got here is removal of roadblock for a local business. So, Lord, um, you know I'm passionate about local businesses and people owning their own businesses. So I just pray that you will remove that roadblock, whatever it may be. And uh, we just expect to hear good report of that being removed and the ability to be able to flourish and to move ahead and to... um, And to just do well. Lord, I pray that this business is going to be so blessed that they're going to have to put new staff on. I don't even know who they are, but I just pray blessing upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining me this week. Teresa on the podcast. I really appreciate all your wisdom. And um, make sure you tune in to Sunday's podcast with um, Terry Dallinger. And we'll be back next Wednesday. So send us your prayer requests. See you later. Bye. Thank you.